Goodbye to the old format. Here's the new Better Buddies. Hello, and welcome back to Better Buddies. I'm your host, RJ. With us this week, we've got James. Hello. How you doing tonight, James? Glad to have you on the show. I'm doing, I'm doing good. Thank you, RJ. It's it's always, you know, it's always wonderful to be here. Um, yeah, now we're here I'm to just, talk about your uh, latest work. Yes, of that course. big old nasty shark. A poem for you. The big old nasty shark. Um, yeah, this is one that's best performed, uh, uh, accompanied by interpretive dance, uh, preferably by somebody, by the person who's like also speaking the poem. And I, I, I prefer you to do it in a, in a, you know, one of those like body suits that covers everything, but like the front part of your face, like black form fitting, and uh, you can't wear underwear. Of course not. So. So it has to be form fitting, and it's it's mainly performed um, by re- you. Really, just shit your pants on stage, and that's what you do. Um, so I'm so sorry to have done this to us. <laughs> that's I, and you like. There are three stanzas, so you have to do it three times. Oh no. Uh, yeah. So um it's yeah, and then you you know um whatever you kind of do after that is up to you. There's it's kind of like a John Cage piece now, where it's very improvisational. I have another question uh, for you. Of course. What's the difference between our cold open just there and every single late night comedy news talk show? Um this There is, is one word uh, and it's the only answer. Do you want to know what it is? Oh fuck no! Uh, what what is it? Nothing. Uh what uh, is this? I'm saying Are... that uh, from what I've seen of most comedy late night news stuff, it's just kind of garbage. Are you saying we're garbage, RJ? Yes. Oh. Yeah, I mean you're not you're not incorrect. Most of it, most of most of late night like shows are just complete filler it's like, just look this airtight. past weekend i caught a couple and do you know what they do you want to know what they all talked about um I'm trying to hold on i'm trying to think what's going on in the, in the news um it's the same per, uh, it's the same thing that's been in the news for the last four years james uh the president yeah oh really i mean former president oh my god dude they can't I, they can't. It's been a while since I've gotten a little uh, politic, politic, kutsky on so, here. They can't. They can't fucking let it go. Well, I, I like. But I'm not coming trying, up with new material for them. Yeah, but I'm not trying to be like I. I get like I. I, I won't ever fully get it. Like I'm just trying to own up to my perspective here. But like I, I can understand and conceptualize. Like yes, like not great. Obviously not fit for the role, like obviously in many areas and capacities, just not good. But it's like he's he, he is not <laughs> like they can't 
sometimes you gotta stop scratching the itch and the rash will go away otherwise if you don't people like that says more about you than it does about but james the the former president donald j trump is a jedi how is that so the news article in question is the fact that the FBI raided Donald Trump's uh, Mar-a-Lago residence and found numerous d- classified documents. In an interview with Fox News, Mr. Trump, a former president, I should suppose I should say President Trump, uh, he indicated that he had declassified those documents. That as president, you can declassify things just by saying they're declassified, by thinking about it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Alright, sure. So, on the one hand... <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of funny to be like, yeah, sure, you can declassify things by thinking it's declassified. Give me a break. On the other hand, because that's the immediate first joke goof thought, that's what everybody went with. And I mean everybody. Is this like, uh, who are you watching? Like Colbert? Colbert, Trevor Noah, random Facebook post. I I will give Colbert a little more credit. He also included a joke about some presidential cerebro, which it was like, okay, you included an X-Men joke. You get, uh, you get one, one point back. I like, I know this is an incredibly like trite observation far past its date, but I have to make it. I have no idea what happened to him. I mean, I kind of do, but like he, I mean, this yeah, this is like hokey to say, but he literally had one of the funniest shows on television like 15 years ago. He he was one of the funniest people, like a genuine like cultural figure in a good way. People were like excited to see him and he was like he was like popular but still kind of like edgy and funny, like so, so genuinely I, funny. I need to run something by it to make sure I understand his whole thing. Yeah, Colbert got well-known household name for the Colbert Report, which was mm-hmm. a comedy show structured like a news program where he mm-hmm. pretended for the joke to be more right-leaning and very patriotic, like extreme patriotism. Yeah, yeah. yeah and, it was, but did the whole thing yeah. to poke fun at that and then transitioned out of the Colbert Report into running a late-night show where he moved towards what his actual uh, political views were, but in doing so, just became another in a sea of those people doing that thing. Basically, I think the greatest tragedy that people find with Colbert is that he used to be, as like odd as it may seem, or even, again, like corny or hokey to say, people used to see him as like genuinely transgressive, like a, like a genuinely somewhat original and energetic or dynamic cultural force um i'm not saying that the colbert rapport was like groundbreaking television but it was funny and it was entertaining and granted i'm biased like i used to watch it when i was like younger um i always loved the fact that he did a bunch of marvel references yeah like uh, that's the thing too is he knew how to pull in a lot of different people like he had good writers and he was he was committed to delivery and this character and it was sincerely like for a guy coming from the daily show because that's where he started was he originally like the daily show with john stewart 
like he used to be because uh, they, they they still have it. That's obviously where Trevor Noah came from. It's kind of brilliant. They structure it like well, thought, a news show. I thought Trevor Noah did last week tonight and then went to the Daily Show. No, no, oh, the other way oh. Last week tonight with John Oliver. I think oh no, no Trevor sorry, that was last week tonight with John Oliver. What was uh so Trevor Noah's deal? Okay, yeah, I switched it up. Yeah, my bad. Tre- like, no, it, he uh, yeah, he started out as a correspondent, and then took it over, and then um, but yeah, because obviously the Daily Show structured like um, a news show, so they have those correspondents, which are basically just comedians who do like three to five minute bits or riffs or basically almost stand up, just kind of doing jokes or whatever, and Colbert used to be one of those correspondents like back in the day. And so Steve Carell was one of them as well. Really? So yeah, they had segments together that are genuinely like, they're really fun to watch and they're great. Um, And then Colbert went on to go and do the Colbert report. And he, I don't know. I, I think like, I do agree that he's playing more at his personal sensibilities, which is, fine like obviously you're allowed to do that but it's just he literally went from this person who felt very sort of like anti-establishment or like yeah like you know critical of any kind of orthodoxy to becoming integrated as one of the most like singular entertainment mouthpieces of debatably one of the most entrenched establishments in american political history so it's a complete betrayal of the persona that he erected not only in what the persona was but what he was trying to say with it it's a complete betrayal and it's incredibly disappointing but well i hope he's happy i mean I, i hope at the very least he feels like he made a good choice i don't think he did personally i i get why he wanted to do it but I'm pretty disappointed. So, yeah, that's my, Michael Bear bit. Um, I don't know. What do you think about? What do you think about them uh, dragging think, out some of the DJT stuff? I think part of the problem, at least as far as I can see it with Colbert, is as sad as it is with the Colbert report, there were some people who took him a little more seriously. As here's a person who does believe the things we believe. And has somehow broken mm-hmm. into mainstream media. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And so when he switched over, he then proceeded to lose that support. Which, in combination with the it getting entrenched in the entrenchment that is his show, his current show, just really what took what was a drop and just took the bottom out from under it as well. Interesting. So you think it's almost because like he feared he saw that drop in sort of engagement and so he like doubled down basically on sort of a play? Well, I think I think it's that it wouldn't have been as noticeable of a drop if he didn't have that on top of the that on top of it, like that call it like a two inch gap, if you will, that like wouldn't have been as big a deal if that hadn't been there. You mean his uh, his like pre-established like persona, that character? Yeah, if he if he hadn't pre-established yeah. this persona as a conservative-leaning news anchor, that it was all done for comedy, it was all done to poke fun and that kind of stuff. But there were enough people who perceived it as you rah rah patriotism, 
that added just that extra little bit. So when he switched over, what probably wouldn't have been that noticeable of a drop was that much more noticeable. That's true. I like, I think that's a good point. Um, like it's one that people have made before, but I think it does bear like repeating because we don't really know what Colbert is, would have been like just regularly if, cause like John Stewart has his, doesn't he kind of has an on-screen persona when he was hosting the daily show, but it was kind of just John Stewart to a degree. Like Colbert was a genuine character. Like it was sort of a, it was him, but it was a hype. Reminds me of who have you seen the Netflix show inside job? Um, no, I don't think I have actually. Okay. Watch that. And tell me the director of, um, Oh shit. Oh shit! Oh, I was wondering why this. This is the animated conspiracy one. Yes, yeah. I have seen this one. Yeah. So okay, the guy okay, who's okay. running the company. Yes. Is tell me that's not Colbert. It is base. I mean, it's basically like, like it's, in terms it's of very, looks and style of speaking. Is yes. very Colbert to me. <laughs> yeah, it's a super. Well, he's like kind of a smooth voice who says bad things, <laughs> basically. Well. Uh, what'd you say? I said, well, yeah. <laughs> and I, I see, you know what I would want. There's no way that they would let this fly on network because families watch network. But, but what I would have wanted to see, what I think would have genuinely been groundbreaking, uh, literally would have been for him to carry that character into a network show and play it as though he was, the one conservative who had managed to get like a quote unquote liberal media um, job, basically yeah. play that leverage that. And you could do amazing things. Like even just the thought of that as like a narrative arc is kind of amazing. And well, that's the, yeah. that's the ultimate like sneak move is you do that. And then over time transition it over. Oh, that would have been good, actually. That actually, oh, that would have been smart. He should have tried to sell them on that. Granted, like, I could see a network being, if that was pitched to them, I could see potential. I mean, I don't know anything about them. But if I was at the network and someone came to me with an idea like that, I would be like, All right, okay, I'm not uninterested. My only fear would be that people get attached I mean, they're already attached to this persona, and if they realize that you're slowly shifting, once a certain point is crossed, like if they feel like we're trying to trick them, they're gonna they're gonna completely disengage, and then the show's like shot. Then you're you're fucked because it's like you're gonna you're gonna lose like the main driving audience, yeah. and no one after that is going to trust you. They're not gonna find you very funny. So you're just dead in the water. However, if they had worked that into a character arc, then the transition works. And like then that I would like, argue that's part of why it would work is that it's not here's like John Oliver or um what's the what's his name? Not John Oliver, the other John Stewart? No, who's the John. No Trevor Noah. It's not Trevor mm -hmm. Noah, it's not John Stewart, it's not John Oliver. It's the persona, the fake person you've created that does this, but it's not actually you. It's a fictional character with a fictional story making 
fictional yeah. jokes about real news. Oh, that would be so brilliant. You could you could do so much with that because then the show itself turns. And granted, it's difficult because there's a reason late night television exists, and part of it is because they use it to sell movies and TV shows and all this other stuff, like the you know albums. Um, Neil deGrasse fucking, Tyson's new book. Neil deGrasse Tyson's new book. Yeah, books, exactly. Um, they use it as a vehicle to sell shit, um, which, like, not trying to be, you know, uh, beatnik, you know, beret guy here, but it is clearly what it's partially used for. So, it's part of the machine, man. It would be difficult because you wouldn't be able, like, Colbert would interview people, to be fair, and he would break character. And still be able to do jokes and stuff like that. Because he was able to adopt this kind of like softer version of the persona. So it could still work. And and the thing is, is most late night shows are not incredibly merchandisable. Like, yeah. I love Conan O'Brien. I might buy a Conan t-shirt. But other than that, I really don't want... I, I'm not interested. And fuck almost anyone else. You know, like I... What am I going to do? Like buy a Jimmy Fallon fucking coffee mug? I don't think so. No, um, no. But you get a fictional character and you, 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 I mean, that's, man, that's catchphrases. That's fucking movies. Oh, that's, man. Can you like, imagine the Colbert Report, the movie? Oh. <laughs> I honestly, that. it could be so fun. It could be like the let's movie. Look. We're we're gonna dive be. into this deeper, but let's do two segments before we do. Okay, yeah, let's do it. First, yeah, yeah. Better Buddies Icebreaker, because we haven't done that yeah. yet. Definitely have not <laughs> broken the ice. Uh, you have one hour to get as many bananas as possible. What do you do? Oh, uh, um, I I would literally just go to every uh, grocery store, deli, and like fruit stands in probably like a two mile radius. And okay. do that. It's kind of boring, but hey, that's a really good plan. Because you know what my plan is? What? I spend five minutes robbing you, and then I go do the same thing in the next town over. You, you, uh, <laughs> you brilliant man, you. Well, you know if uh, <laughs> you have thirty minutes to fly to New York, while I collect my bananas, and uh, you can get over it. <laughs> and oh you God, you're it. in New York. Just think of yeah, all the banana stands. Right? I know that's what I'm saying, man. That's what New York is. I think they call it the the you know the big banana stands. That's uh, yeah. That's like New York's nickname. Because um, George A. Banana built the first uh, first building in New York. Yeah, exactly. It was the a banana, banana stand. Building. It was a banana stand. Because <laughs> there's always money in the banana stand. <laughs> there's always money in the banana stand. The walls are lined with two hundred fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> You burned it down. Spoilers. Spoiler alert. Oops. For real life. Yeah. Well, but if you haven't seen that show, you know, that's on you. That show's like 18 years old. So. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, um, that's my plan. Our next segment. Mm -hmm. Better Buddies Recommend, where we recommend a piece of media to enjoy. I I do have one. What you got? I have one. I recently read a collection of, of uh, plays by this one 
uh, very he's a he's an old Greek, a classic Greek playwright called Euripides. Oh. And I read uh, this collection has four of them. Uh, What's Alcestis. the collection called again? It is literally called it's the Penguin Classic Edition, and it is literally called Euripides, Idea, and Other Plays. Oh, so the plays are Alcestis, uh, Medea, the Children of Heracles, and Hippolytus. And probably the most famous one in there is Medea. Um, I don't want to entirely like talk about what it's about because in case anybody does read it and hasn't before, I don't want to like totally spoil it. But it's yeah. basically about like, a woman who finds out that she's being cheated on by her husband and basically decides to inflict the ultimate punishment on him. Um, she chops off his all... junk and feeds it to an alligator? Uh, not quite, but in a in a figurative sense, yes. Oh. Uh, in a figurative sense. So she but cuckolds him? She, she, no, no, even worse than that. Uh, oh, surprise. Now, now I'm really trying to figure out where to go from here. Sucked in, yeah. Um... Yeah, no, it's good. Um, Medea is a pretty famous story, and um, there's actually in like places like the Met, there are statues of her. Like, it, it's a pretty famous literary character um, that's uh, somewhat controversial because she's kind of. What did you say? Medea had a lot of movies. She did, uh, played by <laughs> the uh, ever ever reverent Mr. Perry. Um, so. <laughs> I hear some of them are actually pretty good, so I can't be too mean. I, but I do too, actually. I think he's basically kind of like Adam Sandler. Like, I think he's sort of like uh, if Eddie Murphy met Adam Sandler. Like, he seems sort of, sort of in that vein where it's like sloppy, kind of dumb comedy, but it's surprisingly at times like intelligent, almost. But uh, uh, tangential, uh, but still related. Uh, still, though, Medea. Good. Very good. Uh, I would recommend reading some of these plays. They're really interesting. They are simple. They're mostly dialogue. Um, so they're not, I won't say they're easy to get through, um, but I will say that they're worth the read. So I would absolutely recommend Euripides, Medea, and other plays. Cool. I'm going to recommend a musical as well. No way. All right. Yeah. Have you ever heard of the musical Guys on Ice. I have not, actually. It is a Wisconsin musical developed oh. by, originally, many years ago, by a outdoor theater group in Door County. And huh. it is a the musical of two guys in their ice fishing shack going ice fishing. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that brilliant did you see this live or did you see no recording? it was a recording but it was still so good can you find this online yes i think oh my god i'm definitely public access it. television oh my god that's awesome guys on, guys on so ice. so do you, without like i mean i guess it doesn't really matter like spoilers or not like you can pick which one but is it, I mean, what'd you think of it? Like, is it fun to watch? Like, what's the, is it just kind of two guys, this is just two guys, like, hanging out, basically? It's the two guys hanging out in the rice fishing shack, shooting the shit. It's, it's literally the most stereotypical Wisconsin you can get. Um, like, I, it's, Packers tickets are involved in one of the plot lines. 
Like, oh, I love that. There's a there's a reoccur- there, there's a third character besides the two guys in the shack. It's Eddie the Moocher. Okay. And Eddie the Moocher shows up and mooches off of them with their like snacks and beer and things, and like their bait. It's cute. Yeah. But uh. I- I love that. It's very well designed, very well produced. And one of the best aspects is they, when the dialogue will be what you expect out of a Wisconsin person when it comes to how they speak. A, uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, we caught that bass over there and, uh, oh, it was a 10 pounds. It was amazing. Oh Oh, yeah. yeah, That's, that's a pretty good catch. But when they switch (laughs) over to the singing, it is beautiful. Like, clear enunciated articulated that is kind of brilliant yeah that is really fascinating i love that and wow okay if the if the musical is about anything it is a musical about love not in that they end up in a romance but in that they are two guys expressing manly affection for each other and their love for others around them in their community. That's awesome. My goodness. That's fantastic. So, Guys on Ice, go watch it. It is... It's just fun. I I think I know what I'm doing this, uh, this weekend. Yeah. That's a really good rec, dude. I'm really looking forward it's... to that one. The best, it's in the same category as like Charlie Barron's for me, right? Uh, with, of the Man Talk mm-hmm. Minute, where oh yeah, it's very very well done, and I'm kicking myself in the pants that I did not get to it first. I know it's like one of those things that feels like so obvious, but it's also one of those things where it's like, um, do you ever hear how he like supposedly came up with that? Uh, he went down to like Texas or something, was doing a bit on a radio show. Yeah, yeah. And he, yeah, and he just kind of like someone thought it was like really funny, and they basically just told him like, "Oh, you should just do something with that." And he uh, he did, and he did. He went. He actually went to. He was a journalist. He went to school for journalism. He was like a news reporter. Um, yeah. So, I don't know. Sometimes all those pieces just click. You know what I mean? I mean, good for him. Seriously, like it's a whole thing. You know. Um, and it's in. Have you felt like Midwestern culture has been like? oddly growing in relevance over the past like five to seven years um, is that just me like i feel like it, i would I, maybe say yes you know like i don't know i think it's been growing in the past i'd give it 10 years and it's, it hasn't okay. been growing by yeah. a lot but it has been growing and i think part of that has to do with a there is a very distinct midwestern culture but as far as I understand it, the only place people... People don't know where we are, but they understand Wisconsin. If you want, like, solidly Midwest, Midwest, you just go with Wisconsin. Because we're weird enough that it's distinct and unique, but we're also nice. <laughs> like, That's really sorry, Illinois and Indiana, you just don't got it. The Dakotas are the Dakotas. Minnesota and Michigan get swallowed up in the Wisconsin of it. Mm-hmm. Well, I think Minnesota and Michigan are seen as oddly too like aspirational or almost affluent. You well, know I think, what I mean? Like, well, I think part of the problem too is yeah. that a lot of the relationship is defined by the relationship with Wisconsin. 
It's true. The Vikings um, and uh, the uh, UP. UP. Yeah. Yeah, that's very true. Illinois, again, I... defined by its relationship with Wisconsin and how, it, yeah, it's got Chicago, but everybody comes up to Wisconsin for the vacations. Yeah, and it's that's a problem, too, is Illinois is just Chicago. Like, that's what it's seen as, which is really unfortunate, but it is kind of true. It's one of the reasons why I don't want Milwaukee to get, like, too big, because I think Milwaukee's, like, the perfect size. Yeah. But I, Iowa is interesting. I like Iowa. I, I would agree where it's, like, it's one of those that, like, people forget about. Um, it's, a, it's like, a it's an, it's a, I don't know, kind of almost a sublime blend between like a Midwestern state and like the beginning of the West itself, like capital W, um, like, you know, like obviously I, I used to live in Iowa city and walking around there, it feels like a Midwest town and a Western town like met and had this, like it, it, it's it's interesting. I, I will say like, um, I, I yeah I I would agree. I mean I'm biased obviously, but I'm agreeing with you. Like I think Wisconsin is like kind of the definitive Midwestern. It's also the state. easiest to make fun of, right? Like, yes, yeah, yeah. You can make fun of Chicago and Illinois, and you can make fun of political Illinois, but that's about it. And Indiana is flat. Michigan. You feel kind of bad making fun of Michigan, considering all the problems they had with their pipes. Yeah, that's true. Minnesota, what do you make fun of them for? Like, they say they're the land of a thousand lakes, but I'm pretty sure Wisconsin has more. (laughs) Everyone needs something, you know? Yeah. I I agree. I, I think, too, like, the thing with Wisconsin is everyone's got their kind of, like... They're like it's a thing across the it's like a thing across rural America in general where it's like oh like the rednecks oh the hicks oh whatever but like that culture it's a thing in in other places I feel like in again I'm incredibly biased so I'm gonna sound like it's gonna be like well no shit like you're saying this because you've lived there um like you were born there but I don't know I I'm really feeling like like Wisconsin kind of feels like the heel of the Midwest um. I was the closest that I can think of that comes where I've been that that comes close. But the thing with Iowa is they're also like they're politically important and Wisconsin is not. Like Wisconsin is not important in the way that like for instance like a Minnesota is important. It's got like, you know, the Twin Cities. Like people think of the Twin Cities before they think of Milwaukee or Madison. Um people when they think of Michigan think of Detroit. Or Ann Arbor, you know. Yeah. People think of obviously they think of uh, Chicago, Indianapolis, um, Indianapolis. Although I will say, like both Indiana and Ohio are sort of also like forgotten. They're just kind of like Cincinnati. Just kind of yeah, they're there. You know, um, Wisconsin is like the one that's like it's in this like golden zone where you you're kind of right. Like it's like it's like obscure enough to still be like what the fuck goes on out there where it's like man because of, of lack of, of curiosity or awareness it's retained it's a, a sort of like personal essence because not a whole lot of people have gone there um, but I would but, go forward, it's also got that flip side of it's got those couple things that are super distinct and you mm-hmm. know like Packers 
They didn't pick any other football team to be in Pitch Perfect 2. They picked the Packers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's like, I mean, Wisconsin, too, is like, we've been, we made Captain America's fucking motorcycle. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like we, like, the Packers have, are the, debatably the Harley most Davidson. influential football team. Like, easy. You know, uh, fucking, uh, Jeez. uh, uh Jeffrey Dahmer and uh, Ed Gein. We basically helped our create main, our main exports: and... Packers, serial killers, Jeez. and cheese. Oh yeah, you know we. So everyone's gotta have something, you know. And beer. Um, and beer, and that's the thing too. Is like I, I was talking to somebody about this a couple days ago, and I hold by this. I've said this before, but like one of the reasons I love Wisconsin is because I genuinely feel. I'm not advocating excessive drinking, but I'm saying if you're planning on it, there's no better place to do it than Wisconsin, yeah. um, especially Milwaukee. Be safe. But I almost guarantee you, like people in Milwaukee per capita. I mean, it's almost like a statistical fact, but just even walking around observing on like a Friday night, people there get more drunk than almost anyone anywhere I've ever been. Like easily, easily. Just also- like... Mass. In Wisconsin, they're not microbreweries. They're just breweries. Yeah. No, I mean, like, there are some, obviously, but it's like, they're just, it's just that people drink anything. They're just drinking. Like, it's not this kind of, like, uh, couture, like, culture. There's no, like, pretension to it. It's just, like, can I have a beer? I guess, like, if it's a nicer one, I'll take that. But otherwise, I'll just have, I just want a beer. I mean, it's, it's very unassuming. Um, I don't know. I think it's. I would. I would. I would defend Wisconsin uh, to the death. Because um, despite mean, all of it, we're still just pretty nice people. I, I think so. I, I usually hear from the Midwest in general uh, work ethic, but Wisconsin is somewhat uh, notable for it because, like, they're we're known as like people think of us as like rural people. You know what I mean? Like it, like. Again, if they're coming from Minnesota, there's kind of like, even just thinking how the names sound, Minnesota and Michigan sound like, sound kind of pretty. They sound kind of nice. You know what I mean? Wisconsin doesn't sound bad. It just sounds a little rounded and somewhat like awkward. Maybe, much like maybe, its people. Much like its people. Um, and they, obviously they can be boorish and they can be a little uh, crude, crass. But there's a. Uh, um, but good guy, you of, hold a potluck and you'll have food. <laughs> and friends and people like I, I like. I think talking about the the guys on ice thing like that's what makes it beautiful is just the idea that it's like yes like obviously these people sound like this like they're a little crude they're a little goofy, um, but underneath, uh, there's a sort of um, <laughs> there's a there's a real psalmic quality to to the emotion behind what they're saying even if it sounds <laughs> kind of a little yokily um yeah. yeah no it's yeah i on wisconsin you know all right our next segment better buddies rework rewrite we're breaking ground a new story we're looping all the way back around just like i said we would the Colbert Report, the movie. Yes. I Okay, so I have a pitch that Hit was me. like formulating. 
I, I think what we do potentially, this is obviously we're going to roll with this, like see where it goes. But I think what you do is you make a movie about him getting the show. Oh, kind of like a uh, uh, Muppets kind of thing. Is that what or they like, did? Well, because Muppets has the, the Muppets movie original one is basically Kermit coming out of the swamp and getting everybody together. Like, he finds Fozzie, and they take a fork in the road, and there's an actual giant oh. fork in the road, but they pick up everybody <laughs> along the way as the, as Kermit's trying to get make it big. Or the uh, Weird Al show intro. Like, the intro song to the Weird Al show was literally just the story of how Weird Al got a show, but it's super goofy and dumb and weird. You know Weird Al was in a movie, right? You ever seen UHF? Yeah. yeah that one's or good. Uh, that, Wayne's World. Mind. Oh, Wayne's World is another excellent one. Like that, that's one where, I mean, that's not one where, the one where they like build from the ground up, but that's the one where they're trying to save their station, right? Yeah, it's... um, Yeah, well, yeah, I think it's like... Oh, yeah, I think they're playing... They're doing... They're having like a charity thing or something. Um, I think that's the first one, I think. But I can't... I, I've spent years since i've seen it but yeah i i like that vibe i do i think too like we would just potentially and the thing is too is like the only thing is colbert might not be a good enough actor Mm. to pull it off maybe maybe he is i think he might be i think he might if he's in that character can i can i throw something at you yeah, go for it. I want to throw the idea I had for what the Colbert Report the movie would be. And Let's it was going to be a diehard scenario. Okay. Where All right. it starts off with a normal Colbert Report, and then it goes to shit because the Libyans come in and take over the studio or whatever. And he oh. continues to try and do the Colbert Report as he's running and hiding around the building. And the he saves the day and his suit is torn up and smoking and his hair's messed up and he's lo- lost a shoe and he sits back down at the desk and finishes the show <laughs> okay so i love that i love this framework i'm gonna throw in a small tweak okay. i think we make it okay so instead of like libyans i think it should be like a right what'd you say the liberals Yes. Yeah, I think I think it should be like a rival uh like quote unquote like li- like typical like liberal media quote unquote heavy quote unquote um like anchor or you know whoever uh who is getting beaten out in the ratings oh. by Colbert Joe and he decides he's going to like uh he's going to basically like throw a wrench into the thing and either like Colbert is going to be killed or it's just going to like completely, I don't know. It's going to, there's, I want, I, I think that works too so, because you can do a thing like question. what they used to do. Yeah, of course. Would it be, I see two options with that then. Uh, yeah. One Colbert actually does save the day or two. Okay. And what I think is the funnier option 
is because the other guys are just news people and entertainment people, they're not actually any good at what it is they're doing, and they keep messing up and making mistakes, which enables Colbert's character to succeed through no action or success on his own. He just keeps, yeah. like, running into situations where he's <laughs> succeeding and taking credit for it. But Playing he's up like, like patriotism and self-belief. His, yeah, 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 his, like, complete kind of like confidence just like blinds him to the fact that he's like getting lucky like again and again okay. and like not even noticing shit okay i love that yeah, yeah i've combined our two ideas okay this is the colbert report origin story where he it's how he gets his show <laughs> is he does the whole thing rescuing like a a studio that was trying to be an independent voice and he was like he got his first job in media oh, as no. the like the busy boy or the like he gets the water for the news anchor person and the quote-unquote liberal media jump in and like take over the place and are holding hostages and he does the whole diehard thing but it's not actually him being super cool and action hero it's just a bunch of mistakes that he thinks is his doing and then because of his success they give him a show okay i love that do you Cause you gotta tell that. me if it's too much. No, I'm trying to th- I'm trying to like line all these pieces up, basically. Like, so we start off with a young Colbert living on a farm, middle of Wisconsin, because you know <laughs> that's the most Midwest you can Midwest. Obviously. And he dreams of making it big. And he goes off to school, and he does the school thing, and he goes off to New York to try and m- break out. Because that's where everybody goes and then is New York. And he's not succeeding. And he's not succeeding. He's not succeeding. And he gets the... He manages to finally get a position. It's not what he wanted. But it's a start. He gets a job in the newsroom. In, in, the, in the news office. In the anchor office, right? Like, it's the lowest bottom, lowest, lowest, like, almost an unpaid internship level low totem pole. But he's in the building, at least. And it's got him trying to pitch his show idea to the execs when he's there, and they're blowing him off, they're not listening to him. Meanwhile, their, like, successful show is going, and then the the villains come in and they take over the studio. But nobody's paying attention to him, because he's just, like, the, the errand boy. Have I got you so far? I, so my, I, I really like this. My only thing is... If it's a Stephen Colbert movie, people are going to see Stephen Colbert. Okay. So we have we have to really balance out like because that's a that, that's the thing too is like I guess I don't know if we were making this back in like two thousand eight or nine, you know. So he would be probably in his like late thirties, early forties, or something like that. Yeah. So I think what we do is we we. Okay, so we do like a Goodfellas thing where it's like, as far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a news anchor. Da 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 da. Yeah, and it flashes back to him as the you know the kid growing up in the Midwest, Midwest, and then, and then like do we get going, a child like, actor, or is it just him in child's clothes? No, no, I, I I think it depends like how goofy. I I would love to do this like not play it like full straight, but do like some parts where it's like a, kind of a real movie. You know so what I mean? Very but dry depends. humor. Yes, very, like, I think then what we do, because we have to give it a little bit of grounding, like, I want people to actually, like, 
I'm not saying you have to walk out of the Colbert Report movie, like, learning anything. Uh, or it's like, the Colbert Report, colon the movie. Colon the movie. <laughs> of course. So, I want, like, I'm not saying when people go to the Colbert Report, colon the movie, you know, it's not going to be, like, fucking, it, it's not Chinatown. But um, there should be, I think, some grounding there because it makes, the, the more you can base something in reality, I think the funnier something becomes. If something is just straight immediate comedy you're expecting it to be funny and it's much harder to sort of like it's fun but i find it less like substantive um so i think what we do is we do like a thing where we do have like a child actor like doing all this stuff and then we cut to it's like he you know he's graduated he can't wait to get a job in that newsroom and then we cut to him and it's like 10 years later and he's like Dead, and he is the um, the at a major network. He is the conservative voice, the independent voice, is what it could be called. Um, it could even be called the Colbert Report, um, or Report. Uh, and it's like a little segment in this like massive block of programming on this like you know uh like NBC CBS style like news show yeah, where like he's five on minutes. yeah Less. he's yeah he's he, exactly he's on for like 2 minutes and like everybody laughs at him and he's like really down on his luck and he's basically like questioning you know his country and his you know, all this stuff and then then he comes into work and through some like occurrence some coincidence he's uh he's not in the room where like the the people initially burst in and then he goes and like does all this stuff because that's the way i think where we ground the story we get the like the origin stuff and we can do it well and funny but we still get like a uh we have a we we have a way to smoothly segue into it being just him can i throw one more thing at you yeah go for it He's not in the room where it all happens, so he doesn't get captured. And yes. he walks in and finds that the show must go on. So he does the Colbert Report, but does it as like a full-length feature, and then closes down the studio, because, you know, it's end of the broadcasting day, whatever, they move on to the other programming, and then finds out what happens and goes and rescues everybody. Yes. And then afterwards, that. the executives are looking, and they're like, they're, they call him into the office to yell at him for like, doing a half hour show when he wasn't didn't wasn't authorized to and then as they're yelling at him berating him uh, an assistant runs in with a stack of papers like sir have you seen the numbers (laughs) my god all of america was watching this show (laughs) (laughs) the astronauts of the international space station managed to tune in We just had a seance in the other room and the ghost of President Reagan was watching. (laughs) The heads of Mount Rushmore all turned to be able to see the nearest television. (laughs) Yes. Okay. Okay. I love this. I see. Okay. Because then what we have, we have a fucking funny first act. That is, that's a lot packed in there because I think then rest of the movie happens oh. maybe the rest of the movie is him like you know what i mean that's the whole first act okay so so the terrorist thing is like uh it's like and maybe that comes back 
Maybe that comes Ooh. back. We can, we can loop that back in near the what? end. So to play up the like whole quote unquote liberal thing, what mm-hmm. if it's they the news station wasn't liberal enough when they first come in? Mm-hmm. Like it was liberal, but it wasn't as liberal as they wanted it to be. There was some like super niche thing that they really wanted to address that wasn't, which is why they stormed the studio. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, okay, okay. he saves the day. All of America is watching his half hour segment, so of course they have to transition to that for the to get keep the views. And of course we have to have the montage of like, hey, have you seen this show that's on right now? No, what is it? And like everybody's tuning mm-hmm. in. And once it becomes, and then we get the act two. He's popular. He's famous. He's got the got the show. Everybody loves him. But we there's the the villains from Act One who are fuming because yeah. they were foiled, and it's gotten even worse. What do you think of that? I mean, I think it's like, I think it's pretty classic. Like, I I no I. We gotta throw in some spice to this. We gotta throw in a love interest. I was thinking a love interest. Yeah, like I don't know who. No, here's the real question: Is the love interest a separate thing, or is the love interest one of, actually one of the villains to thereby mm-hmm. get the classic? Will they? Won't they? Torn, but in the end, turns and stays with her lover to saved him in the third act yes yeah i think it should be even be like um what it should be is she hired a bunch of people to come and like storm the studio right you kind of as this kind of like so not only for the news but it's also like she could she could be like you don't understand like you don't understand it was like uh like no one was gonna get hurt, and it was it was to show like we were supposed to show that people were angry and upset and blah blah blah. Like it was it's what America it actually wants. Exactly, exactly, and and that's their like you know the third act, the Dark Knight of the Soul. Like he finds this out, and he's he's like you know walking around the street with a you know brown bag in it, fucking fucking sitting in the gutter in the rain, and stuff a like that. Goes and, by. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's the yeah, big billboard that says Colbert fraud. <laughs> yeah exactly exactly and uh obviously then by the end it all gets like it all gets resolved like there's a disgruntled uh like terrorist who's like a a quote-unquote terrorist who's like now he's going to become like a real terrorist and he's actually going to come in there and he's going to like i don't want to i don't want to do like kidnap her because that feels so like generic um no what about we just gotta spice it up a little bit like i think something there's something funny here like really funny Mm. do we do we go the colbert is an idiot route and thinks it's his first guest the terrorist yeah like he thinks he's a guest for the show Mm. do we even i know i like suggested this do we even want to go back and just make it the diehard thing because I really kind of like that. Is there a way to package all this back into the Die Hard thing? Because I think that's funnier. Um, I think that's a good form. What if... You still have the love interest, too. We still, we still have the love interest as part of the, terror, the, the invaders. But we make it a longer standoff. He doesn't succeed entirely. 
he manages to get like a couple people out. He gets like an executive mm-hmm. out, and then, which is how you get the executive saying like, "Oh my god, this is so successful." And so they give Colbert his own show, which goes on for it doesn't really matter how long it goes on for. He gets popular, but the terrorist situation is still happening. Yeah, <laughs> it yeah, it wasn't no, resolved. No. <laughs> so like the rest of the studio is still there <laughs> and which is what loops him back into having to go back and do finish off doing all the diehard stuff is the news gets out they're like word gets out they're like oh you went off and did your own super successful show and left everyone else there man i guess you're not re- a real american a real oh, american yeah. wouldn't negotiate with terrorists is this like um <laughs> do we want to make it where it's like like he literally leaves the building and comes back like a week later and the yes. terrorist situation is like still going on oh i was thinking like a month <laughs> like actually... there is a police barricade full set up they've been sending in food they haven't managed to negotiate it down yet <laughs> oh that's so dumb but i actually kind of like that and that's, that's where so... the twist villain comes in is because the original terrorists, like, they just wanted to get their message out, but they're all not really terrorists. They have no military experience. They don't know what they're doing. And one of the people who's a hostage gets so fed up and frustrated that they turn and, like, become the real villain. Oh. Oh, I like that, actually. I like that a lot. And Colbert, having been disgraced of, you left everybody behind, he's like, I gotta go back in there and fix this. Goes in there expecting the, like, original people to be in charge, which is, and, like, he's been communicating with the love interest, uh, trying to, like, say, no, no, it's it's not my fault, it, I, it's not my responsibility to go back in there and save everyone, but then he does, he goes like, yeah, I gotta go back in and save everyone. And, but he finds her, and her crew, like, tied up. And yeah. a couple of, like, a couple of the other hostages went over the hostage that took over, because they're so fed up and angry and everything. Okay. <clears throat> okay, this is what I think. Yeah. I think, I'm trying, because I'm trying to think this out, like, structurally. Um, maybe it's like, maybe it's like this. Okay, so, growing up in the Midwest, graduates, gets the job, um, ten years later schlubby joke of the joke in the newsroom um all of a sudden terrorist attack uh that is the end of the first act yeah so he in his terrorist attack second half is him uh the the first part of the second act is him navigating the building fighting the terrorists and then meeting up with like the love interest um who initially hates him and they have to like figure out like figure a way out together they're like they're in like a they were in like a safe room like a like there's like a panic room or something like that in in uh in the studio for like her and her staff basically okay um and uh that's where he like stumbles on them and she says that he's gonna she's gonna go with him to like find a way out everyone else should stay put um so they're wandering around the building Let's say I really want to have this where they literally like, like they, they get out somehow and then they have their own thing. Mm, Fuck. This is hard. This is a tough nut to crack. Well, 
I think uh, I think part I think part of what makes the idea work of the like he goes back in is he can't yeah. know about it. He so like she they have a really good conversation inside in like the second half of the uh, the first half of the second act. Yes. And he's smitten with her and she's starting to turn turn on him and like be like yeah. no yeah you know what I think he might be a good guy but he gets out. And she of course she like says something about like oh I can't I can't leave yet. I can't leave all these other people. Uh that doesn't work though cuz my idea was going to be that he doesn't know it's not resolved. He thinks everyone's gotten out and everything's okay. And like a month later is told like, oh no, that's still ongoing. Oh, oh fuck. This is hard. It is. I... This is, but this is good though. This is good. It's always good to have a challenge. So I, yeah. Let's, okay. Let's walk it back. We end scene one or we end act one with the terrorist attack. I, yeah, because it's either, like, because the appeal of, like, a Die Hard style thing is that it all takes place in one location. So, I think if we're doing that, because either we compartmentalize that, and that's, like, the kickoff for his, like, success story, like, Wolf of Wall Street, Goodfellas, like, rise to the top, then fall back down to the bottom. Um, the problem with that is it is generic. However, if it's executed well... It's incredibly satisfying to watch. Question. Uh, Does he fall back down at the end? Because if this is the uh, origin of the Colbert Report, theoretically he goes on to have a successful TV show. He should get kicked out at the end. Like, he loses everything. But, like, it's like a... It's like the whole, like, oh, I didn't need it anyway. Like, that kind of... Like, he's got an idea now. You know what I mean? That The only thing they give him is the name. They're like, no one's going to watch your name. You can have that. Oh, but we keep okay. So, okay. So we're ditching, we're ditching, we're scrapping the idea that when everybody else gets taken, he puts on a show for a half hour to like fill the time and that gets popular. We're taking that out. I, well, I think at the end of the movie, at the end of the movie, like if we're, if he falls down again, like, <clears throat> is this an origin of him walking into his like Colbert Report TV show? Or is this him getting the network show that he would be like in our fictional world where he's going to be the Colbert Report character on this national platform like an hour? I think reality. You know what I mean? I don't have an answer for that, but I think I found the answer. Okay. So he at the end of the movie, like just before the final confrontation with the villain. Mm-hmm. Like, it's the peak, the action, whatever. He's gotta... He realizes it's time for the news. It's time for their show to go on. And he's in the studio. He's the only one. So he does the Colbert Report as its whole thing. Because, you know, okay. he's gotta keep the show going. And then he goes, confronts the villain. The executives take him to the office. They berate him. They do whatever. They yeah. say, like, yeah, take your name and get out of here. And so he leaves. And then they're like... But did you you got rid of him? But did you see those numbers? And they're like, ah, it doesn't matter. He's only got his name. What good does that do him? And then he's the scrappy underdog who doesn't know he's about to bear, break big. That is brilliant. I love that. I actually really love that. That's really good. Yeah, because that's such a great it, dramatic. It keeps, 
It keeps irony. the whole like one location <laughs> thing for the diehard scenario, and yep. leaves him at bottom again with the knowledge that he's about to succeed. Yeah, and it gives you plenty of room to play around in in that whole middle part, like between the incidents of the terrorists, and then like that, like right up to the third act of him doing the show, um, and then getting like kicked out for it, basically. Um, yeah, because then you can you could you could basically do whatever you wanted. Like that's a great space that's a that's a big space to be fair like huge almost like over yeah. half the movie but well and you could sprinkle perfect. in too like the he's because he's starting at the terrorist incident at the at like a low point so as he goes through it he's remembering the like farm wisdom and the hometown wisdom and the patriotic mm. america and the like constitution and all that stuff as <laughs> and it's like giving him the strength and the courage and the will and the like at whatever to get through the situation which nobody else has because they're like they're all local new yorkers who uh yeah who don't who don't know the beat who don't know the heart of america yeah i like this it's loose but I think it's good because a comedy movie can be loose, if that makes any sense. And I think it's got enough meat to it. And that ending is killer. I love that ending. Um, Damn, Stephen Colbert, uh, bring us backwards in time to write your movie. <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, think about that. Like, like again, you, you've got the beginning, you got the end, and you got this whole middle to just like. God, you could do anything. You could just, it could be like, uh, that's actually kind of a perfect, almost like comedy sandwich. Like have the be the beginning and the end, kind of the, the real firm pieces of bread where we actually get some good drama or some good like story. And then just have that middle fucking stuff it, stuff it with like bits and gags and fucking like just all this shit. Like, We've done it again. We're geniuses. We've done it again. They should call us, you know. I don't know. I don't know what they should call us, but we'll, we'll figure something out. The, uh... I don't know. I can't think of a name. What? But, uh... You're not satisfied with the Colbert Report, the movie? Oh, no. I was thinking what they should call us. This, this oh. movie writing duo. I mean, the better buddies. Yeah. There we go. Easy. Yeah, absolutely. The better buddies. Just call the better buddies, man. We'll fix your fucking movie. Movie doctors. <laughs> We're script doctors. We'll punch yeah. it up. Yeah. We'll help you fix absolutely. it in post. We're a friend of your script. A friend of the story. Yeah, dude. That's so Colbert Report colon the movie. Uh, Colbert Report colon the movie. Yeah, it's like Die Hard meets a little bit of Network meets like Caddyshack, Airplane. Um, not bad. Not bad at all. Yeah. Do we have time for... Uh, we can put... Uh, you want to put a bow on that? Yeah. On that, on that one? Perfect. Do we have uh, time for like... 
we can do uh, a question. piece of advice. We can do one more, yeah, more advice. Yeah, let's do some Our advice. last segment, How to Be a Better Buddy, where we give some real and some humorous advice. Our question this week. <clears throat> I'll be hosting a male visitor. What? Excuse me. What are some toiletries or other items to have available to make them comfortable slash happy? With the further details, when women women visit me, I make a little welcome gift basket with nice soap, lotion, etc. to help them feel comfortable and pampered, and we'll do this for the guy coming to visit too. Brand recommendations welcome. Um. Honestly? Get some of the, like, those, like, acne pad things. You never know. You never know when you're going to have a breakout. Also, one right. face mask. Really? Do you do a face mask? I've done them before. They're kind of soothing. Is that like the, um, it looks like kind of a cloth almost that you put on your face? Or, uh, or is it like the, uh, the, the one that you put in the freezer? Uh, oh, I mean like the lotions. The lotion kind of things. Oh, like I see, on, I see. It kind of solidifies okay. and you gotta wash it off. Yeah, absolutely. Um, speaking of though, you get like a little like heating pad thing to put over the eyes. That's very soothing. Oh, I've actually never done that before. It sounds really nice. Oh, uh, you you take a, like a hot washcloth and just lay it over your eyes with some like background noise going, and it's very relaxing. It actually helps with eye strain too. Oh, that's nice. I'm trying. I'm trying to think of like. Like, if I walked into somebody's house and I, like, had something like that, uh, no, it's hard because I feel like those things are, like, they can be very specific. Like, I would say, like, I mean, who doesn't bring, like, deodorant or toothpaste, but just in case. Yeah. Um, we'll travel deodorant, toothbrush, toothpaste, and make sure yeah. you tell them where the towels are. Yeah, tell them where the towels are, please. I would say... Extra roll of toilet paper. Yeah, and... Because you know we're going to destroy that porcelain throne. Yeah, definitely get air freshener if you don't have it already. That is that is my advice. <laughs> um, also, honestly, I know this is like so stereotypical and it's really dependent on the person... If I walked into somebody's house and just for me, just because I was visiting, they had made like cookies or like, um, like some baked good, Ooh. like some little thing, even just bought something like the making is better, but the buying is, is still a sweet gesture like that. That would be really kind. Like I would feel I, it would make me very warm and fuzzy inside. I guess any kind of food, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that'd be that'd be very that very very sweet. A cake, a whole cake I can put my face into, <laughs> and then one cake for you. Yeah. 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 And I think part of it too is the like, there are pl enough guys that don't do all the extra like care stuff, like oh, yeah. they don't do hand soaps or not not hand soaps they do hand soaps. Not as many of them sh mm -hmm. should. Not as many of them do as should. Everybody should be using hand soap. But like lotions, face wash, um, hand lotions. 
Um, like the all the other little like extra stuff, they just don't do as much of that. So really, just invest in the make sure there's an extra thing of deodorant, toothbrush, toothpaste, shampoo, conditioner, soap. Yeah, even like if they're staying in a room, if there's a Phoenix. scented candle in there, or if you have a scented candle and you just let it kind of burn in there for a little bit, then you can take it out. Um, so the room kind of has like a nice little fresh smell to it, maybe. Even just leaving the windows open. Anything that kind of just cleans the space up a little bit. Yeah. Cool. That's our show this week. That's the show. We're going to use these archives to as our portfolio to break into Hollywood. Yeah, dude. I mean, we got like four or five script ideas right now. It's Now we just need solid. to write a script. Yeah, that's the... You know, that's the easy part, though. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Well, thank you for joining. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure. Thank you to the band Problem of Interest for letting us use the song Living in the Moment off the album Cross Off Yesterday. You can find them on iTunes and Spotify. You can find our show on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever fine podcasts are sold. We're also on social media. Our Facebook is Better Buddy, Better Buddies. We post our meme Mondays and our icebreaker questions. Twitter, at BetterBudcast. Use the hashtag BetterBuddies when you tweet about the show. And our Gmail account, BetterBuddiesCast at gmail.com. You can send us fan art, hate art, fan mail, hate mail, declarations of love and or war, icebreakers you want us to answer, or questions you need advice on. Or just letters. Like, we li- we'd love to hear have a letter. We'll read your letter. So if you need something read, like, to 12 people, send us a letter. And last, but not least, tell your friends about the show and be a better buddy. Guess this is just it. Yep. <laughs> Guess sometimes you're the guy people call when uh, the elevators aren't working. But hey, uh, that's, you know, that's, that's not, that's some, a bad position to be in sometimes. It is when you don't know how elevators work. <laughs> True. Someone's got to take the call. Someone's got to take it. <laughs>